Hey, welcome back to Pigeon Hockey, where we don't claim to be hockey experts, but simply overzealous hockey fans that love to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. I'm your host, Chris, and today's special guest is the play-by-play announcer for the NAHL's Austin Bruins, Jared Becker. Jared, welcome back. Chris, thanks for having me back on, man. It's been a bit since we last talked, and uh, look forward to uh, this next adventure that we have. Yeah, and that's what we were jumping on to talk about is the NHL playoffs are about to get underway as the regular season is wrapped up and there were some tough, tough fights to the finish. Yeah, and one honestly was pretty much down to the wire last night in the Central Division. I mean, the fourth and final playoff spot uh, in the North American Hockey League Central Division and in the whole league in general uh, was wrapped up last night. Of course, uh, the Bismarck Bobcats snuck themselves into a playoff spot after starting pretty rough this year. I mean, they started the season three and 17 and were a good 25, 30 points out of the playoff spot at one point and have now found themselves in uh, that fourth seed and are uh, still fighting for a Robertson cup title. Yeah. And that's, I think one thing that you'd brought up back in the original uh, podcast that we recorded together because the Bobcats were pretty far behind in, in January. And uh, you were talking about how their game had been improving and not to count them out. And you were dead on because they they went down to the wire there and it was them or Minot. Central Division every single year, is, uh, it's a dogfight. I mean, last year the Bruins were in it. Uh, they missed out by one game into a playoff spot, needed a little bit of help, but couldn't get it. So, I mean, this division itself, uh, for those who've been around the North American Hockey League, know it. The coaching staff knows it. Players and uh, staff know it. Central Division every single year is to the very, very end. It's going to be a tough time to battle. Yeah, and it's, it's going to be exciting to see how everything unfolds in every one of the divisions. And I figured uh, as we get started, we'd probably just start down in the Southern Division. We kind of see how things shook out. As that played out, it's going to be New Mexico facing Wichita. The South was a it was an interesting division as well. I mean, Lone Star kind of ran away with it in the later part of the second half of the season. Uh, Shreveport was another team similar to Bismarck. Uh, the defending Robertson Cup champions uh, found themselves pretty far out of a playoff spot about to the halfway mark of the season. They were in dead last in the South um, and they've figured it out as of late. I mean, uh, the coaching staff down there in Shreveport uh, have, have done a phenomenal job the last couple of years, obviously um, a couple of Robertson cup titles under their belt. It's going to be a good one. I mean, ultimately New Mexico themselves this season find themselves in the first uh, playoff appearance uh, since joining the league a season ago. So, I mean, they're uh, they're a tough team to watch down there in the South and the South division itself went down to the wire. I mean, you knew what four teams were going to be in, mm-hmm. uh, but you didn't know where seedings were. Cause the only one that had a, a definitive spot was Lone Star up there at number one in the in the South division. So, I mean, New Mexico and Wichita Falls, I mean, it's the closest drive between two South division teams there. I mean, it's only a three, three and a half, four hour drive from Albuquerque to Wichita Falls. So, I mean, it's a it's a pretty close one for them for them. So, I mean, they're uh Looking to get some fans, I mean, especially after the news with Wichita Falls after the season relocating to Oklahoma City. Yeah. Uh, kind of give one last hurrah there for uh, Kay Yeager, uh, the Coliseum that they play out of, and the city of Wichita Falls, and ultimately try to get them uh, a title back to that city. I mean, they've had a couple of teams there uh, in the past. I mean, the Wichita Falls uh, Wildcats come to mind as well before the Warriors came in there, and kind of a shocking news uh, a couple weeks ago um, announcing that move. Yeah, and I saw that news, and I, I kind of followed their new page. Curious to see how it all unfolds, but the, I do think they're going to go pretty deep this season. I'm thinking that they will probably take the series over New Mexico. Wichita has just finished the season real strong, and uh, I think they're going to be a really tough competitor to face against. That one itself, uh, honestly, that's a five-game series, hands down. Yeah, um, New Mexico is a fighter. I mean, 
while the recent game trying to remember who they played, they came back from a four goal deficit and won it five to four. So, I mean, win the final three minutes of the third period. So, I mean, they've got some heart, they got some soul and that series itself will go five games and ultimately Wichita falls, in my opinion, is going to pull it off and find themselves back in the South division final for the second straight year. Yeah. And then we move into the Lone Star Brahmas and the Shreveport Mugbugs. So they basically this season's best team versus the reigning NHL champs. I got to give this one to the Brahmas personally. I think they're just so good this year and they're on fire right now on top of everything else. I think Shreveport has fought hard to get back into the playoff position, but I think Lone Star might take this one. What do you think? Lone Star is a, a good team, man. They've they they've had themselves a championship title. I mean, last time they won it was in 2017. Uh, that was their last Robertson Cup championship. But they have some solid talent down there. I mean, this whole season wise for them, uh, they were sitting there pretty much up top the whole year. I mean, they closed out a win um, the regular season with a 5-1 pretty much route of the Corpus Christi ice race. So, I mean, they had themselves a very strong closing out of this regular season. They have this season their franchise all-time point leader. Uh, with 122 points was Nicholas Niemo, the captain there. I mean, he had himself a solid season so far, and they arguably have one of the best netminders in the league who, uh, who committed to Princeton for next season. So, I mean, he's not uh, not just a good goalie. He's also a very smart individual uh, with book smarts to find himself playing in Princeton. Yeah, no kidding. And that's one thing I've really noticed with the teams that made the – I mean, that's pretty, I think, fairly common with teams that make the playoffs is all these teams have really strong goaltending. The North American Hockey League as a whole is probably some of the best goalies I've seen. I mean, there's been some countless talents that have come out of here that are um, sitting in D1 spots right now playing very well. Uh, I mean, we've, there's been a couple of uh, Division One players, I mean, who have gone on to play in the National Hockey League. Of course, uh, Anthony Stolarz played for the Corpus Christi Ice Rays, who's now the, uh, the backup netminder for the Anaheim Ducks. He was kind of one of those guys who was a random surprise and a random pickup as he showed up to the main camp for Corpus Christi uh, and made the roster out of a main camp invite. I mean, he wasn't even one of the guys on the radars. I think that's one of the things that you can really speak to the NHL is just not only the talent that's developed, but the talent that's discovered. And yeah, goaltending. I mean, that's my forte. I love talking about goalies and I love following kind of the progression of goalies. I know last year when Aberdeen and Shreveport were facing off in the finals, going back and forth with uh, like the, the Aberdeen goalie, don't think he was too happy that I congratulated Shreveport on their uh, on their victory, but Shreveport won it, you know, fair and square. And it was an amazing game. I mean, that was a great national championship game, and it just showed the just the the awesome talent and even a struggle of a season it was last year because of all the COVID restrictions that the NHL really shone through and really highlighted the talent. Yeah, I mean, last year the league did very well with getting things situated, especially with COVID regulations and making sure playing everything was safe. Players were taking care of coaching staffs and everyone with traveling. They did an, an, a phenomenal job with making sure everything went on. And one of the few leagues to actually complete a full season last year with everything going on. So, I mean, even with this season, the beginning of the year with all the unfamiliarity and the uncertainty that kind of clouded the season the start of the year the NAHL showcase went off without a hitch and this season so far nothing but good things uh, overall for every team it's been an amazing season and that'll take us now into the midwest division and we've got springfield junior blues facing the anchorage wolverines for their inaugural season the wolverines have had a pretty awesome season and i actually think that it's going to continue as i think they will uh, end the junior blue season again just another team that's been on fire as of late 
Guy got some personal ties too with Anchorage, uh, especially working with the Rochester Grizzlies. Their head coach is the former assistant coach for the Grizzlies, uh, Mike Akins. I mean, he himself is a phenomenal coach. He's very knowledgeable. He knows what he's doing. He's been around the sport for years, uh, coaching the USHL at one point with uh, the Omaha Lancers. I mean, played hockey as well in in, in the USHL. He played with the uh, Rochester Mustangs at the time when they were playing in the USHL. So I mean, he's he's got experience. He's been around for years, as well as a couple of former Rochester Grizzlies are on that team. Uh, Shane Sotowal, the defending uh, NA3HL goalie of the year, um, is up there, and he's been there all season. And Colin Pedersen, who's had himself a solid season for Anchorage as well. So, I mean, I think that series will go four, but the Wolverines are going to come away with that one. Yeah, and, and I can't help but continue to watch that jersey because I love the the Wolverines jersey. I think I think they did it right. Their colors are unique. Uh, it's, it's, yeah. a blue, it's a dark blue, a light blue, and uh, kind of like a burnt orange. Uh, beginning of the year, they were a little bit tough to see. Uh, they did have to make an adjustment to their jerseys after the showcase because their numbers con- uh, contrasted with their jerseys. So you couldn't read the numbers or the names. So they did have to make an adjustment um, afterwards on their dark jerseys. So now they don't have as uh, as contrasting colors. But I'm excited to still see it, see them continue to advance and get to see those beautiful jerseys. I love the logo. I love what they've done up there. And I think they're going to keep going. And that we stay in Alaska and we're going to have the Fairbanks Ice Dogs and the Minnesota Wilderness. This is going to be a great series, and I'm just going to call a big upset here. I think that uh, as good as the Fairbanks Ice Dogs have been, I think Minnesota, with the way they've kind of been wrapping up this season, I think they're going to make this a tough, long series, and they're going to come up with the win. The Wildens are a tough team. I, they, this is their first season in the Midwest Division. Uh, they previously have been in the Central Division, so the the Bruins organization and uh, myself are very familiar with the Wilderness and how they play. But I mean, they're no slouch. They've uh, they found themselves into a playoff spot pretty much right after the the holiday break and never let off the gas there. I mean, they're they're a solid program, a solid team. But the Ice Dogs themselves, I mean, they are a pretty storied franchise here in the North American Hockey League. They have a yeah. handful of uh, Robertson Cups under their belt. They have taken one from the Austin Bruins um, in the past. So I mean. Looking to get back on top of the um, the junior hockey uh, mountain here. And that game itself, I think that series probably goes five games. Honestly, it's a toss-up on, uh, on how things go, but I have a feeling Fairbanks will pull that one off in five. All right. And now we'll move in actually to the East Division, and it's going to be Johnstown versus Jamestown. The Tomahawks versus the Rebels. I will say in this in this series, my local like Buffalo-ish Jamestown Rebels, it's not exactly Buffalo, but it's close enough. It's within a couple hours. They're on fire. They've been really hot to wrap up the season. They've been a tough opponent to face, and I think they will dump Johnstown. I think Jamestown moves on. Yeah, that one itself, I don't think it's going to go very long. I think that one's going to be a three-game series uh, sweep for the Rebels uh, to come away. I mean, Tomahawks are looking to try to bounce back after last season being bounced in the first round. They're a solid program themselves. Uh, they they know how to play hockey. They got some solid uh, solid net miners between their pipes. They have a lot of offense. They're a very quick team as well, especially on that back check. When they need to get back in time to help defensively, they can't do so. But I think they're going to have some trouble running into the the Rebels of Jamestown. I mean, former Austin Bruin John Lundy over there is having himself a breakout year since joining that team. He's uh, one of the captains for that program, and uh, he's going to probably lead that team to a three nothing sweep over the Tomahawks. 
Yeah, because they've just been incredible to, to end the season watching their games. It's uh, <laughs> they're they're going to be a scary opponent to face. And then we got the New Jersey Titans and the Northeast Generals. And again, this one, the Gens are just the better team as of late. They really, really had a fight to get in this playoff spot, winning their last four games to just have a chance to get into the playoffs because. They finished their season here with three games and uh, now they're, you know, opponent here in the series and uh, they took them and they needed five, I think, of the six points to get into this playoff spot. And they did it. And when they made it into overtime, that last game, that was their solid. They are moving on into the playoffs and then they still won the game. Really awesome finish by the Northeast Generals. And I think uh, I think the Titans are up for a fight and I think the Titans are going to fall. Very similar to how the Bobcats uh, went down to the wire. I mean, they were on the outside looking in for pretty much the majority of the season here. Uh, found themselves in that playoff spot by winning that last uh, last game of the regular season on Sunday afternoon over the Main Nordiques in that 4-3 overtime thriller, uh, which ultimately knocked the uh, Maryland Black Bears out of that fourth and final playoff spot um, after just a phenomenal season by uh, the, the Black Bears and uh, head coach Clint Melamock. Uh, he had himself a solid program there. He had himself probably the best goalie in the North American Hockey League over there, who's now committed to uh, Michigan State. So, I mean, wow, it, it's going to be a tough series here. Uh, Northeast does have the the head-to-head record at 5-3 uh, to three over the New Jersey Titans. And like you mentioned, the last meeting between the two teams on April 15th and 16th, Northeast came away with a sweep there and a uh, 1-3 victory on the 16th and a 4-3 final on the 15th. So, I mean... This series will go five games, and I have a feeling New Jersey might just edge out the uh, the champions in the uh, regular season on the East over the Red Buckets in New Jersey. All right. And then let's like, move into the Central Division, your division. And we're going to start with your Austin Bruins and your, uh, I guess, at this point, friends, the Aberdeen Wings, because you guys have seen each other so much lately. Uh, I would say, though, in this series, Austin definitely struggled for about a month early into the new year, but they have come back as of late. And after this weekend series, if I was Aberdeen, I'd be concerned because I think uh, I think the Bruins are going to end the wing season. Yeah, I mean, it, like you mentioned, we're uh, the team is very familiar with Aberdeen at this moment in time. Six of the last seven games to close out the regular season have been against Aberdeen. The running joke is we should have just bought a timeshare and kind of just lived in Aberdeen for the last uh, <laughs> last few weeks. And especially with us going back uh, for at least one more game after the first weekend of the postseason here against uh, the Wings. Bruins this season, 8-3-1 and one against Aberdeen in the head-to-head record. So it's been a tough series against them, 12 games total against Aberdeen. This is the first season in about five years that the Bruins have had a winning record against Aberdeen in the regular season. The Wings uh, have had the numbers of the Austin Bruins as of late. Last season was a, lot, a rough one overall. I mean, Aberdeen still has a 12-6-2 record uh, between the team in the last five years. So Aberdeen so far doing very well uh, lifetime against the Bruins. But honestly, right now, I mean, playoffs is playoffs is a tough one. I mean, Aberdeen themselves finally snapped the losing streak. They were on a four-game losing streak going into last Saturday where they finally were able to pull out a win. So, I mean, anything could go. But right now, Bruins have themselves arguably the hottest goalie in the league right now. Clayton Knapp has just been phenomenal yes. um, as of late. I mean, a uh, very good friend of you guys here on the podcast. I mean, he, he's been he's standing on his head. He's doing everything he needs to do. And the Bruins-wise have, uh, have found themselves a couple of big goal scorers. I mean, if you look at the league standings and the league stats, Bruins don't have anyone in the top five in scoring, but we the team has multiple guys who have 15-plus goals this season. So, I mean, any one of those guys could be a top scorer, first-line guy for any team. Um, head coach Steve Howard preaches. I mean, 
he'd rather have four first line guys than one first line guy all season. So he would like to have four lines who could score. And that's exactly what the Bruins have right now. This series, honestly, I think Aberdeen might sneak away with one. Uh, but the Bruins wise, obviously, I have a feeling we'll win this one uh, three games to one. They just had such a strong, just a strong finish to the season that, uh, yeah, if I was Aberdeen, I'd be concerned because I really think the Bruins will move on. And then the final uh, first round series, so to speak, is going to be the St. Cloud Norseman and the Bismarck Bobcats. Bismarck has seriously, as we mentioned earlier in the podcast, been unreal since the new year. But I still just don't think it'll be enough to beat the Norsemen. Uh, this is St. Cloud series to honestly win or lose. I think it's uh, as, as great as Bismarck has finished off the season and fought up to the last game to get into this spot. The Norsemen, they haven't left off the gas pedal. They have uh, they've still been just full throttle. And unless the Norsemen give this one up, it's theirs. Yeah, I mean, St. Cloud this season has the the series record between them with a record of eight and four. Uh, but I, I mean, I don't count Bismarck out. They are the definition of a sleeper team and they are an absolute dangerous team to face right now going into the playoffs. I mean, they had nothing to lose going into the final game of the regular season against the uh, Minotauros. It was winner go home. Uh, the, the, I mean, the uh, opportunity and the, the dream that every kid has in the back of their head is uh, to win that winner go home big game. And, yeah. That's exactly what Bismarck did. I mean, they themselves um, here in the last 10 games are 6-3, 0-1. Uh, so, I mean, they're dangerous. Oscar Spinners Nordine uh, is a great goalie between the pipes there for St. Cloud. He's, uh, since yeah. joining the club, uh, has been has been the horse for the team. He's been the guy behind the pipes, and he's been the one kind of leading this team for Bismarck. I have a feeling, though, uh, Bismarck will edge out St. Cloud in five. I mean, they are... They are a dangerous team to play right now. They are hot and they have a hot goalie. And that's exactly what you want to have going into the playoffs. Yeah. And that's, a, that's the key. Like goaltending, I will live and die by this. Uh, goaltending is what wins you Stanley cups, gold medals, any level of a championship when it comes to hockey, you can have all the firepower in the world, but if you face a hot goalie, <laughs> it's over for you. And, uh, I think that's, what's going to carry a lot of these teams through. And, uh, Hey, do you want to continue on to what we think might happen in the division finals? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's kind of biased in my opinion. I think Bruins, uh, we're going to win the, the central division here, find themselves back in the, uh, the the final four or frozen four or whatever you want to call it here in the North American Hockey League. Ultimately, I think the four teams that will find themselves into the uh, the final four teams up in Blaine, the I think Lone Star, uh, Northeast, I think, is going to come out of the Eastern Division there. They're going to surprise some teams. Uh, the Bruins, and I have a feeling if anyone who's going to come out of the the uh, Midwest division, um, I think it's going to be an all-Alaska final, but I have a feeling that uh, ultimately um, the Wolverines will come out of that one. Okay, wow. Yeah, for me, the South will work into like Wichita facing Lone Star, and I think Wichita will take down uh, the the Brahmas in the Midwest. Anchorage will continue their, their awesome run and they'll dump the wilderness. I think Jamestown will take out Northeast. Northeast proved me wrong. I love you guys. Brian, love, love talking to you. Love watching the boys this season. It's been wild. Um, so always prove me wrong because God knows if anyone listens to the podcast often enough. Um, if I can get a prediction right, I'll be happy. But I'm more than happy to be proven wrong in, in these next two predictions. But uh, I'm hoping I'm wrong with Jamestown Northeast and Northeast Advance. But I am I think Jamestown has been super strong. And then St. Cloud and Austin, and, and I know we're talking with the Austin Bruins here. 
play-by-play announcer Jared Becker. I still think St. Cloud has just been running it this year, and I think Austin's going to, you know, uh, prove me wrong. I, I think, uh, it, ah, man, the way the boy's been playing, the way Clayton Knapp's been playing, um, if he can keep that that puck out of the net with the way he's been playing as of late, he's doing it. They can take down St. Cloud. But I think the four teams that will make it for myself is going to be Wichita and Anchorage and then Jamestown St. Cloud. Um, and then uh, you have any predictions for who the uh, the final two series is going to be? The the actual, you know, I guess, the national championship game itself? Overall, I think it'll, it's going to be a team from the Central and a team from the South. I, I, okay. I, I'll live by that sword and I'll die by that sword. And I have a feeling that's how it's going to be. Uh, South and in, in the Central Division are arguably two of the toughest divisions to play in. You have the North American Hockey League and the, the Central being as tight as it has been all season. I have a feeling one team from the Central and a team from the South are going to be playing for that Robertson Cup title. Okay. Personally, I just think the Rebels are, are killing it right now. I think they're they're going to face off maybe against St. Cloud. If I can get like at least half my predictions right, which uh, I think my statistics are about half and half, so... We'll see where where I go with this. If um, I don't know if you listened to the uh, the Frozen Four predictions for the women and then the Frozen Four predictions for the men, I have a pretty awful record. How'd your so. March Madness uh, <laughs> uh, your bubble bracket go for NCAA basketball? Were you one of the ones who got uh, bounced the very first game? No, no, I'm uh, I uh, basically don't do any of the basketball stuff. I I dove even deeper into hockey. I was in the USPHL predicting how their national championships would unfold and was looking pretty strong after uh after the first uh I guess the round robin play and then it all fell apart. Um uh, but you know congratulations to the Rockets Hockey Club man today just I, I picked against them every single series and every single series they made me look like an idiot. <laughs> so you know you just never know what team sometimes is going to just pound the ice and, and get that cup and get that national championship but uh no when it comes to basketball i heard about it and i heard a lot of upset people right out the gate <laughs> but uh but no i i'm unfortunate i'm disturbingly into hockey at uh, at a crazy level so uh, i will follow a lot of different leagues uh before i even sniff at a basketball game yeah, for me, it's uh, you can't have a busted bracket if you don't make one. So I was I didn't have a busted <laughs> bracket because I didn't make one. So I was one of those few who don't participate in the March Madness uh, craziness. That is uh, bracket mania. Well, I uh, I will post my own brackets to just just be honest and be like, yeah, this is how ugly it was, because I think I posted like my my USPHL bracket and I built my null bracket here and uh, we'll see how well this uh, ages. But obviously for me, I would love to see it come down between Northeast and Austin. You know, the two teams we have the most contact with here in the NHL on this podcast. And both teams have just been fantastic at the end of the season, which is what you want out of your team. Into the, you could be the hottest team all year. And if you're entering the playoffs in a six-game skid, uh, good luck. It, it's proven at every level that's the worst way to enter the playoffs. But if you're entering the playoffs on these, you know, these games where you're on a four five, six, seven, eight game winning streak, that's the way you want to enter the playoffs. You want to enter the playoffs on fire. It doesn't matter. It's a whole new season. That's what's great about the playoffs. It doesn't matter what your record was at the end of the regular season. You don't get a point if you lose an overtime in the playoffs. And that's, that's exactly the mentality. Uh, Coach Howard has been preaching here for the Bruins. I mean, the regular season is an audition for the postseason. That's exactly what it yep. is. It's you're you're showing the world, showing everyone that you are worthy enough, and you are the ones who want to be in that postseason spot. Um, and, and that's what he's preached. Uh, he's been preaching here for the last week. It's an audition for the big dance. 
And right now, nothing you did in the regular season matters. Uh, records against teams in the regular season don't matter. Uh, your best team in the regular season doesn't matter. I mean, you can be the the national champion um, or the regular season champion, have the best record, but get jumped in the first round. I mean, we've seen it happen before, especially in the, yeah. in the NHL where the president trophy winner gets dumped in the first round. Uh, we're looking at you, Tampa Bay. Uh, back. So, I mean, it, it's uh, right now the playoffs, anything goes and it's always those bubble teams, those ones who make it in last second, who always are the team to watch and are always the ever dangerous yep. ones to, to bust some brackets and cause some troubles. I mean, the central division, of course, Bismarck, uh, I have a feeling will be that team, uh, not just against St. Cloud, but if they end up pulling that out and then the Bruins pull it out. These two teams this season split the regular season four and four. Uh, Bruins won all four games on home ice, and Bismarck won all game all home games on their ice. So I mean, it's going to be a tough battle if those two teams meet in the final. Um, and Northeast this season, from their NHL team all the way down to their NA3 team, uh, have done themselves a very solid team. I mean, last season uh, the NA3 team won the Eastern Division title and wait. Uh, made it to the uh, the Frazier Cup playoffs. Unfortunately, didn't make it out of round robin. This season themselves, they found it in, them, in the final four teams for the NA3 teams. So, I mean, Northeast is building themselves a strong program from their NAPHL uh, prospects team all the way up to their NA team. So, I mean, Northeast is another dangerous team out in the East Coast. Yeah, and that's it, it, just there's so many good teams right now. And, and obviously, I follow the Central and the East the most, but I do catch some of the other uh, games going out of the South and, and such. And so, yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be a great fight. I think all the way to the end, I'm really excited to watch a lot of hockey because when it becomes the playoffs, when it was the US PHL playoffs, I watched every game, every goal I could. Uh, sometimes I couldn't watch the whole game, but I would definitely watch every goal. When it came to EJHL playoffs, same thing. I watched basically every goal and most games that I could. And now that we're into the null playoffs, same thing. I'm going to be watching at least every goal from every game, if not the whole game, because I like to try to get my uh, my goalie highlights in there. And if anyone wants to listen to the bonus episode, you'll hear how crazy I am with highlights. But, yeah, I think it's it's going to be an awesome playoffs and really excited to see uh, see everything unfold. And who knows, maybe we'll be talking uh, shortly into the, the playoffs about uh, how far Austin's going. Yeah, and I mean, ultimately, the the goal here for the city of Austin, not just for the team, but for the city, is to bring a Robertson Cup back. I mean, this team has sniffed a Robertson Cup championship twice, once losing to the Fairbanks Ice Dogs and the other one losing to the Minnesota Wilderness. So, I mean, this team has been there twice. Um, and if there's any team um, out of any years that the Bruins have been around in their existence, this is a team that could possibly, if anything, come home with a title. I mean, from the very beginning, it's been a tight bond overall from a nine-game skid to finishing out the season with a 9-1 and one record uh, the last 10 games. So, I mean, that nine-game uh, nine losing streak was tough. I mean, found themselves yeah. in first place to fifth place and found themselves battling back and ultimately took second in the division and got home ice in the first round. So, I mean, this team dug deep. There was a turning point right after that ninth loss, and we came back and played uh, North Iowa on home ice. And that itself was uh, was the turning point. And since then, the team's been off and running and has been one of the hottest teams in the league. Yeah, and I think that's uh, you've seen that with a couple teams this year. I mean, Austin and both Northeast. I mean, Northeast struggled at one point this year, too, and they, they had a nasty losing streak. And they bounced back. And I, when you look at the netminders, you know, Colin DeYoung out of Northeast and you look at Clayton Knapp out of Austin, I would not be surprised to see those two in that uh, final game. 
the young himself uh, had a had a tough season to start. I mean, he found his way yeah. in North Iowa with the Bulls to begin the season. So I got to see him uh, a handful of times, not a lot before he ended up getting moved to the Northeast. Um, and since joining that club, took over that number one spot, hands down, bar none, finds himself to be that that guy in between the pipes that everyone wants, that clear cut number one goalie. Uh, same thing with Clayton Knapp. Since he joined the team coming down from Green Bay, he started the season with us at main camp, got the call up and uh, started the season with uh, the Green Bay uh, Gamblers of the USHL and then found himself back here because, uh, of course, the Bruins had his tender rights. He signed him to a tender at the beginning of the offseason. Uh, he's he's been away a clear cut number one since joining the club and right now is looking to help lead this team into a, a Robertson Cup title. Yeah, and I'm excited to see it all unfold, and I would love to see those two goalies uh, face off against each other in that final game. But uh, we should see how everything plays out. But for this episode, I do want to thank you, our special guest, Jared Becker, the play-by-play announcer of the NHL's Austin Bruins, for jumping on today. Chris, thanks for having me join you. It's always a pleasure to hop on the Pigeonhole Hockey podcast here and uh, not just talk about the Bruins, but just the, uh, the whole NHL as a whole. No, and we appreciate you jumping on because you have such a great in-depth knowledge of the league and the stats and the details. And it's a huge contribution to the podcast to, to get someone of your knowledge base on. And uh, we do appreciate you taking out the time to uh, to talk to us. Yeah, not a problem. Look forward to uh, talking to you here soon, especially uh, even if the Bruins don't end up making it to uh, the, the final four here in the uh, the NHL. I'll be more than happy to provide some, some insight on the final four and uh, look for the Robertson Cup. Yeah, absolutely. We'll definitely invite you back on for that. And uh, we also want to thank all of you listeners for uh, tuning in and listening to this podcast. So be sure to follow us on Twitter at PHH Official to let us know what you think. And also be sure to share any upcoming games or hockey news we should cover in a future podcast. This again is Chris with the Pigeon Hockey Podcast. And remember, always clear crease.